Welcome back to Butterless Popcorn, the podcast where we analyze our favorite movies through a series of outlandish questions. I'm Brett Tworski. I'm Adam Ottenheimer. This movie, as you just said, is so relatable to us. There are legitimately groups of people, I'm sure, that think of Robert De Niro almost as a comedic actor. This movie, in 2004, she was only 18, but she was an international superstar. Everyone knew who Lindsay Lohan was. Borden is, is Tim Duncan, but then, yes. you know, James Harden is kind of like that Angier. The other one is Mikowski. Oh, that's a hot take! I can't wait to rewatch it and to talk to you about that, that atrocious yet incredible movie for an hour. Welcome back to Butterless Popcorn. Today, Adam and I, we are discussing Dodgeball, a true underdog story. Adam. Shoot us off. A real true do- true underdog story, Brett, directed by Ross and Marshall Thurber, also written by him as well. 2004 movie, and I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I gave this one enough credit until I watched it a couple nights ago. <laughs> I think th- when you when we talk about you know the greatest comedies of this era, which is so rich, Never gave dodgeball a true consideration, but I think I'm going to have to change my course on that one. Yeah, I, I I kind of agree with you, and I kind of don't at the same time because it it's definitely not at my at the top of my list when I talk to people about my favorite comedies ever. But it's one of the movies that I quote all the time. That's what I didn't realize. I I knew this was a quotable movie, and I know we're going to have a super long list of quotes here yes. shortly, but <laughs> I. I didn't realize that I actually quote this movie maybe as much as any other movie I've ever seen. Same. Same. It's pretty wild. Like, uh, cram it up a cram over the floor. Like, I don't know. I feel like I say that a lot. Yeah, There's just like so many other quotes. So many. I don't know. It's, yeah, it's it's not at the top of the list, but it's insanely quotable. So dodgeball, and it's such a simple and fun plot just about a group of friends who enter a dodgeball tournament and hoping's and hoping to win 50k to save their local gym from the onslaught of a corporate health fitness chain owned by a owned by the scumbag of all scumbags quite frankly played by an incredible Ben Stiller who we we usually don't see Ben Stiller too often as the villain like he's amazing in heavyweights as a villain and Happy Gilmore it's he's such an ass but he's usually that you know very nice genuine relatable guy he is amazing as a total douche as as white goodman oh incredible i think actually you brought up heavyweights so i was reading a little bit of an excerpt from an interview with ben stiller and he was mentioning that he pretty much channeled his inner tony perkis for this role (laughs) (laughs) and and i think he said at first i'm paraphrasing i saw something but it was like you know no one really watched heavyweights so i was like i'll just do it again as white goodman and then he's like, turns out they air it on Disney Channel like every day. So <laughs> now I'm just I, the same character. I love that. And Tony Perkis, spoiler from Mount Rushmore, is, is, I'm on the record saying that's my favorite Ben Stiller performance. I love heavyweights. But when, when right, so the screenplay, as you said, written by Ross and Marshall Thurber, uh, he wrote and directed Dodgeball. And when writing the screenplay, uh, he actually 
kind of tried to combine a lot of his favorite flicks. So Revenge of the Nerds, Rocky, Bull Durham, and Hoosiers for this movie. It's kind of funny. The average Joe's jerseys even mimicked the jerseys from Hoosiers, the golden red, which is really funny. This is the part of, that's uh, part of the reason this movie has catapulted its way to, to near the top in this era for me. I guess all we need is Gene Hackman there. <laughs> yeah. um, and he, he also, Marshall Thurber also looked at the nonfiction book, Fast Food Nation for inspiration, which is about the, you know, the modern obsession with greasy food, which is really funny. I mean, this this film is a is a great combination of like goofy sports, yet people's insecurities with their bodies and health and fitness and and the the insane world that is health and fitness and and corporate gyms, which is really fascinating. It's really all over the place, which is so impressive and how it actually comes together. I think when you think about this movie, you mentioned it before, but how it's such a dumb concept. It's so stupid, yeah. <laughs> you know, but you start, it works, it works and you get really into it in a way that usually you don't for dumb movies. But, you know, I think part of it too is the cast. I mean, just, just a loaded cast. So Ben Stiller, you mentioned Vince Vaughn, Christine Taylor, who's Ben Stiller's wife actually used to be divorced. Alleged. Is that official or are they pretty sure? I thought they broke up like a couple years ago. There no? was like a rumor about it, but I don't know if it's like a fi- Either way, that chemistry way. between them is unbelievable. I mean, that's yeah. <laughs> it's so exciting to watch. I'll, I'll get into one of those scenes later in a bit too. But and then a ton of other. You've got Justin Long playing mm-hmm. Justin. You've got Stephen Root. <laughs> uh, you have a number of smaller roles: Gary Cole and Jason Bateman as the commentators. You got Chuck Norris. You got David freaking Hasselhoff. Oh my uh, god! You got William Shatner. <laughs> He's great he as is. the president of the ADAA. He's hilarious. Yeah. I mean, it's just the, an absolute loaded cast. It really is. It's stacked. And I mean, you have a you have a, a quietly incredible, subtle performance from Jason Bateman. Uh, maybe subtle is not the right word, but he has like he's in like four scenes and he is the funniest person in this movie for sure. And you're not a big Jason Bateman guy. Are you? I'm not. No, I, I'm not really. He, I like him in a couple things, but this is by far and away my favorite performance. Hundred percent. Yeah. So, but but the as we said, as you just said, there are some really good cameos: Chuck Norris, David Hasselhoff, Lance Armstrong. <laughs> so kind of funny about so Chuck Norris specifically. Apparently, he wasn't too into being in this movie and just like didn't really care to to have a part in it. So they had to fly him on a chopper for one day just to film his thumbs up scene and the voting scene, which is really funny. And then with Lance Armstrong, I mean, it's freaking Lance Armstrong. In 2004, he was, you know, we were in middle school. Everyone was wearing his Livestrong bracelet. He was a, a symbol for hope in this world. And so Ben Stiller actually came up with the idea to, to snag Lance Armstrong late in the production of this movie. And he kind of posted the question to this group, who's the most inspiring guy right now on the planet that we can have Peter LaFleur run into when he's debating quitting the dodgeball tournament? And and Stiller and Thurber decided Lance Armstrong was the way to go. <laughs> Obviously, that, that does not age well. Lance Armstrong is no longer a beacon of hope in society, but at the time, it was a great pick. That dialogue by Lance Armstrong is... <laughs> It's incredible. It's professional work right there when he absolutely guilt shames LaFleur into yeah. playing. So good. What is it? What does he say? He's like, uh, give up. You know, I debated giving up when I was diagnosed with brain, lung, and testicular cancer all at the same time. But I'm sure you have your reasons. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. 
Yeah, or he's, and then he says something about like, I guess if we never did anything we regretted, we would have nothing or something like that. I don't know. Something <laughs> like that. It's like you won't regret, we won't regret it for the rest of your life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another really fun fact. So, dodgeball is a is a is an active sport for sure. And so to ready themselves for the movie, the cast ran indoor drills at what many of them called boot camp, but Ben Siller just said they basically just played dodgeball a few times a week in a local gym. But um, <laughs> it's really funny, even though it's just, you know, it's dodgeball, I guess it took a toll on some of the cast members. And Ben Stiller said, and this was in an interview with Sports Illustrated, he said, quote, it's a game for the young. It's one thing when you're eight, but when another when you're 38, it gets really exhausting. <laughs> After about three or four minutes, you're fried. Which is like I don't know I, I I love dodgeball but I can't imagine playing it when I'm 40 I'd I'd probably feel the same. It's a really good point. They pull it off in the movie, but then when you really think about it, like watching Ben Stiller, Vince Vaughn, I feel like has got some athleticism to him. He's in he's in quite a few movies. Where yeah, he's, he's athletic. Yeah, he's, you know? right. Yeah, and he's tall. He's yeah, he's slimmer. So yeah. But Ben Stiller running sprints, <laughs> they're trying to throw a dodgeball. It's that's incredible. But you know who I, actually I, who also. I don't know if he was part of the actual like dodgeball training, but he was weightlifting and he was part of he made a like really slight cameo is Norm MacDonald. He's when is he in this movie? He's in the beginning. It's when Ben Stiller is talking about, you know, he's doing the interview of of Globo Gym or his little like commercial. And yeah, the, like the first scene, like, yeah, the, the, the first scenes. scene. Yeah. <laughs> Spare me. Yeah. Uh, in the back. <laughs> In, in the background, there's like a bro lifting weights. There's a few of them, but one of them is Norm McDonald. No way. Yeah. Wow. I've never noticed that. Imagine, I'm picturing if Norm McDonald had a prominent role in this movie. I, I, I can't. I, no, I don't know. No, there's no, there's no place for it. That's perfect for him. That is, that is wild. Um, yeah, th- this movie is so much fun. It's it's lighthearted. It's goofy. It also has some great action sports scenes. I mean, all the actual sequences where they're playing dodgeball, it's really intense and, and good. Um, and it has romance. It even has a couple of plot twists, too, that you don't see coming that are both goofy and, and really that can be really fun to interpret. Uh, this movie popularized dodgeball, the sport of dodgeball and pop culture quite a bit. I think it took it from a sport that was just played in middle school gyms to something that got really popular on college campuses and as intramurals around cities. I mean, I feel like in Chicago right now, if we, you know, I'm sure we can Google Chicago intramural dodgeball league and we'd be able to find one. Maybe that wouldn't have become as prominent without this movie. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and when we were watching this and when it came out, we were pretty young, we were in middle school and this was like yeah. perfect for us. So I remember playing intramural dodgeball and I think we must have had like 50 quotes a game that came from oh, this yeah. movie when we were playing. I mean, it's 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 too easy. And also then just being on ESPN, the Ocho, that's become kind of like a little <laughs> phenomenon as well, you know? It's a real, like the Ocho is a real thing. It's just like, a, what is it? It's just an alternative network to ESPN. And it literally has like the obscure sports that, that Gordon <laughs> would, would watch. It's It's so... It's so ridiculous, but then all of a sudden you're you find yourself watching the most random crap that's not even sports, but we'll call it sports for the sake of being on the network. Yeah, uh, obscure sports. They, I, I've never watched it. I, I think I maybe actually once watched an, an ultimate frisbee tournament on it. 
But besides that, I've never actually tuned into ESPN The Ocho. I know they played it during the quarantine. They phase. did. Yeah, they, right they, they moved it up to play during the quarantine. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, Adam, I, I have nothing else to say about the making of this movie. It's great. I'm ready to dive into the categories if you are. Yeah, let's get into it. Adam, there are a lot of great scenes in Dodgeball. What are some some of your favorites and your ultimate favorite? I have four nominations here. I'll rip through them, and I'll end off with the one that I ultimately chose for my winner. The first one is the entire interaction with Lance Armstrong, the one we just talked about, (laughs) just because of how impressive Lance Armstrong is in that. I love it. And it's the ultimate middle finger to LaFleur, while also like a inspiring speech it's i i love it it's so good the his acting's pretty solid in it too oh it is yeah yeah (laughs) i was really impressed with him they got a 30 for 30 on him now too so he's he's starting to hit the camera a little bit more oh yeah so that's my first one the next one is the let them chant in the committee vote ultimately with the chuck norris thumbs up i think one of the best cameos I've seen, you know, getting Chuck Norris in there. The <laughs> this one's like not even a real scene, but it's one of the dodgeball games. But the three player swing always gives me chills. <laughs> oh baby, oh when is that? When um, I forgot who catches it. Does does Justin? Oh Justin catches it, and then Kate runs in and she catches it, and like, then as the she's running in. back in. Yeah, Justin's on the yeah. ground and catches it. Yeah, and then. Yeah. Uh, Cotton McKnight. Just like that, a three-player swing. And I don't know why I get chills like it's a real call. <laughs> no, I mean, Gary Cole's commentary in this is broadcasting is quite good. He could be he could be a broadcaster. I think he would. You know, Joe Buck's got a little competition is what I'm going to say. What What does he say? I, I, I love the line he says, like, once it goes into sudden death. Uh, you are about to see the greatest spectacle in sports. Yeah. Sudden death dodgeball it's all it's very joe buck-esque yeah he builds it up he's he's really good about it he just doesn't have the silence after the the incredible nature you know that, that joe <laughs> i've buck even does. witnessed a grown man satisfy a camel <laughs> yeah so there's, what, what other there's that one and then the last one i have and it's the ultimate winner is when kate first visits white at globo gym and he's got so first of all he starts upstairs <laughs> he's reading addiction well so first he pumps his yeah, <laughs> his pumps. groin He's got the penis pump. He's got the penis pump. Then he starts upstairs, walking downstairs, reading a dictionary. And (laughs) the whole time, and so many of my quotes that we're about to get into are from this scene. But he's just hitting on Kate, which is so funny because the chemistry between those two. I mean, they were married at the time. And so it's it's natural. But the, the way that they play it off one another is so impressive and i just love how much of a dick white is in that scene i love that scene too and that's and that's one of my one of my nominees also i think this is the first scene so ben's white goodman that character if that was i don't know if that character could be made today because of how creepy he is (laughs) like like that character would be sued for sexual harassment obviously in real life in a second Mm mm-hmm well, same with LaFleur. Be... LaFleur was hitting on Kate as well. I mean, she was just getting she was getting it. Well, LaFleur was too. In the beginning, he was a little more aggressive. And then he kind of becomes more of a, a you know, a, a nice guy who just likes her as the movie goes on. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, that, that first scene with White um, is amazing. And then he's like, 
she, she walks in. He goes, oh, hey, Catherine, I didn't expect you to hear, come over. She's like, you asked me to come here. Oh, did I? Yeah, he's That's like great. scooting his chair closer to her, too. And he's like yeah. thrusting himself. Yeah, I love it. Is that is that when he says, um, we should mate? Yeah, well, date. <laughs> date. I think we should date. So, you know, socially. <laughs> Uh, wait, so that scene was your winner. That's right? my winner. Yep. Okay. Well, so that was my first one. Uh, I love the scene when Patches comes to the first practice, and then it's the training montage. So it's all of it. It's the throwing of the wrenches. It's the the ball machine where the ball is just smacking them all in the face, and then they eventually start to catch them. But then it like hits Justin like fifty. Oh, he can't times do it. Yeah, can't catch it. Can't do it. The the dodging of the traffic is really funny when Gordon gets wrecked, <laughs> running sprints. It's just a really like all good. All, like it's not all, but most sports movies have some sort of really good training montage in it, yep. where they're prepping for the big game and there's good music in it. That's that, and I, I love that scene in general. It's really good, and it introduces patches to the group. It's like satirical, but at the same time, like legitimate in their training for for the tournament. So I think that's what makes it so good. It's like lighthearted, but it's still realistic at the same time. It's funny. Yeah. So uh, my third, and I only had four here. My third, um, I kind of just combined that the final match and sudden death. You know, the the, the three way swing as we just talked about is certainly a part of that. It's just a, a great championship sports scene in a movie. Yeah, absolutely. As good as I could put it. Yeah. And then my final scene, my final one and, and my winner is Gordon saves the day in the semifinal match when Gordon is, uh, he's down five on one and all you think all hope is lost. And then Pat just tells him to get mean. And then he sees his wife in the stands <laughs> with that other guy and he just loses it and goes on a rampage and tears the other team apart, sending average Joe's gymnasium to the final match and they pick him up carry him on their shoulders like he's Rudy Rudiger. <laughs> and I, I that's my bit that I got chills in that scene too and I that that's my scene of the movie. I love how Patches uh his speech to Gordon. He's just like they're too good and you suck. <laughs> like our <laughs> And he's our... like yes he's like yes sure I do. Yeah, he's like the only chance <laughs> is for you to get angry. He's like yes sir. <laughs> and he's like yeah. All right, hands in. And then all of a sudden he does it. He goes on the rampage. Yeah, I love it. And then again, when they win, it's it's such a great triumphant moment when they win that game. And you feel good for him too. That's like his good moment of the movie, obviously. Yeah, I'm with you a hundred percent. So all good scenes there. Speaking of feel good though, if you were to take one scene and ultimately turn it into a musical, what scene would it be? So I tend to do the I tend to do this quite often when we have this question where I combine a lot of scenes into one because um, with musicals everything moves so fast in the musical numbers so i have uh, when the gang finds out in the beginning of the movie that they need to make fifty thousand dollars to save the gym and they're thinking of what to do uh they're sitting in that room they're talking what to do we could donate blood and semen blah 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 and then suddenly <laughs> Not at the same time cigar <laughs> 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 uh, suddenly the music starts when uh, it shows it's a zoom in on Gordon's face and he's reading his magazine and his eyes light up. There's like a there's like a little uptick in the music. And then when he says, wait, Peter, we could play dodgeball. He Peter's like, what? And Gordon's Gordon gets up, starts like 
jumping around, singing, explaining that it's their last hope, and he's trying to convince everyone else. Uh, you know, they're, they're singing. I don't, I don't quite know what they're singing at that point, but then it goes into the training, and you know, they they run off stage, they swap clothes, they get training clothes on, they're in the uniforms now, and especially during the training scene, they're singing. You know, you dodge, you duck, you dip, you dive, you dodge. That's how it's done. The dodgeball game. Da, 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 da. And then it, you know, so it goes from that point to when they like get to Vegas. And then it's the, you know, so they're like arriving to the tournament and it's like, we can win. We will win. We will win the dodgeball tournament for Evans Joe's Gymnasium. <laughs> It's like five scenes in one. It's incredible. Yeah, it's just, yeah, again, with those musical numbers, they move so fast and they kind of just jump around from scene to scene really quickly. So, yeah, basically it's the it's the finding out they should play dodgeball right to the training and then arriving in Vegas. I love the pace that you have in your musical <laughs> acts. It's like so quick moving, you know, twists and turns, changing and everything. And it's it's actually like a like a uh, heart pumping musical right there. <laughs> you, hey, I mean we've discussed this. It, I yeah. might ha- I'm, I might have a future as a as an organizer or director <laughs> of some sort with musicals. I love it. Mine mine was a little bit less creative, I guess I'll say. So <laughs> mine actually the scene that I took was Patches rolling up for his first practice that he leads nice. with the team. And I actually have it in a Mulan style uh, musical. So, you know, I don't Make know. Make a man out of you. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so it starts out and it's, you know, let's get down to business <laughs> to defeat Globo Jim. And it's just <laughs> Patches singing. And he's just trying to throw wrenches at everyone. And it's like the equivalent of that montage in Mulan. Where that he's, you know, the, they're they're training everyone to get up. It's the same thing. It's the yeah. sports montage that you described. So, right. Um, you've got to get angry, because otherwise you suck. Like just a bunch of things <laughs> like that, and it just goes on for probably like only twenty thirty seconds or so, and then they come out of it just like cocky, heads up, ready to win, and in Vegas for the dodgeball tournament. I love it. That's that. That musical number in Mulan, like that, or that song, is so pumping up and uplifting. I can only imagine in dodgeball with Patches Singer. That's great. Yeah, we play that song actually for fun here in our apartment. We just do you. We just put it on. It's on one of the playlists that we play, and we get all fired up for it. So it's probably a great song to play if you are feeling too lazy to like do stuff around the house. You know, got laundry to do, got to do the got to do the dishes. Then you play that song. It's like, all right, let's get down to business. Yeah, get my let's ass get this in stuff gear. Done. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, great musical number takes. Adam, this movie is so quotable. Just, just rattle off your favorite non-Pepper Brooks quotes. All right, I'm gonna give no commentary. I'm just gonna rip them off. I just do it. I just think do I it. started this list at like 21. I've, I've narrowed it down a bit. So here we go. Here at Globo Gym, we're better than you, and we know it. Spare me. Why don't we pay it off in Canadian dollars and save us some money? (laughs) 
Are you reading a dictionary? You caught me. I like to break a mental sweat, too. Dodge, duck, dip, dive, and dodge. Hey, White, I didn't think Nazi camp got out until 8. Oh. Did you decide That's to great. skip arts and crafts? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> you could dodge a wrench. You could dodge a ball. Necessary? Is it necessary for me to drink my own urine? No, but I do it anyway because it's sterile and I like the taste. <laughs> Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. Nobody. He'll probably fall off the roller coaster and break every bone in his body. Who's Steve the Pirate? <laughs> Look, it's Steve the Pirate. <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> cram it up your cram hole, Lafleur. That's what I love about you, Kate. You got a personality. Let me tell you, a double fault final play elimination hasn't occurred since the Helsinki episode of 1919. And I think we all remember how that turned out. And the last one I have here, you've already mentioned this, Brett, but ladies and gentlemen, I have been to the Great Wall of China. I have seen the pyramids of Egypt. I've even witnessed a grown man satisfy a camel. But never in my years as a sportscaster have I witnessed something as improbable, as impossible as what we've witnessed here today. That's, That's it. pretty great. Do you have a winner? I think it's actually the... Um, that is what I love about you, Kate. You got a personality. <laughs> the, the the quotation marks with his fingers really puts the cap on right. that. It's because it's I love wonderful. that whole scene leading up to it. And then that line right there is where I lose it. Yeah, me too. I, I won't repeat the ones you said, even though I had a bunch of them. But here are some of mine. Add three pounds to the scale in the women's locker room before you go home. <laughs> Your gym is a skid mark on the underpants of society. I'm white, you know? I'm white. <laughs> W-H-I-T. E. <laughs> You're adopted. Your parents don't even love you. We are the Global Gym Purple Cobras. And we will. We will. Rock you. Joni loves Chachi. <laughs> <laughs> and then I know you said it, but I love it. Cram it up your cram hole the floor. Um, I'm going cram it up your cram hole the floor. Yeah, you you say that one a lot. I do. I do. <laughs> How many of those were Ben Stiller, though, as White Goodman? I, almost almost all of them, I think. So, I okay, I'm just going to count of the ones I had. We have one, two, three, four five six seven and then so seven of them were ben stiller out of the one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven i had on their total <laughs> amazing he that character is the most quotable character i think i had like four or five as well there yeah he, he's unbelievable he's for sure i mean well debatably the most quotable because we have a separate category that you're going to lead us into now, Adam. This one is Pepper Brooks only quotes. So, Brad, I only want to hear your Jason Bateman Pepper Brooks quotes. Go ahead. All right. Rattle them off. Here we go. And the average Joes beat the Germans in a shocking upset. I feel shocked. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be the hair cotton. Feathered and lethal. You just don't see it nowadays. I just talked to White Goodman today, and his team really wants to win this one. 
God just stares at him at that. He's like, right you are, okay? (laughs) They're definitely not on the court, Cotton. Their absence is notable. (laughs) Bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. Pepper needs new shorts. And finally, F and A, Cotton. F and A. <laughs> yes. But my my winner though is is the first one when he goes, I feel shocked. <laughs> right right after Cotton says it's a shocking upset. Oh, that's incredible. I'm crying from <laughs> from Pepper. <laughs> I, I have I mean you said most of mine. I have two additional ones. One of them is That'll buy you one heck of a blumpkin. <laughs> Wait, when does he say that? When, is, when does he talk about blumpkins? I think it's when um, they talk about how how much of an underdog LaFleur is or something, or like the 50 to 1 odds. I don't remember when exactly it was. I'll have to look back. He's like, that'll buy you one heck of a blumpkin. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't remember that one. That's amazing. And then the my ultimate winner, the, and one of them you didn't say, was, yeah, he will not be able to see very well, Cotton. Oh, that's so good with the blindfold. Right. Oh, my God. J- Jason Bateman is just – Pepper Brooks is, is, is iconic. He He's is. so good. He is. Man, I wonder if – Jason Bateman fans, people who really like Arrested Development and Ozark and a lot of the films he's been in, if they agree that Pepper Brooks is amazing or if they kind of, you know, Jason Bateman's more prominent performances overlook that in their opinion. It's a good point. I mean, it's I so different, obviously. And right. Bateman would never play anything like that dumb, idiotic commentator again, but it's, it's think so. so good. It's amazing. Um that's a, that's incredible. Jason Bateman's amazing. So, moving on, we're, an ode to the camera, Adam. Uh, this movie is not known for its cinematography, but that said, there are still some shots that are that are pretty noteworthy. What what are some of your favorite camera shots in Dodgeball? I have two of them. So the first one is the slow motion, Gordon getting the ball in the final play in the semis, throws it at the opponent's face. And it's all in slow motion, but then uh, that guy's face has, like, the spit pouring out, which is just, like, a classic, yeah. you know, uh, classic picture there. So I love that. And then the other one I have is, and they do this a couple times, but the camera really does a good job of building the suspense in the dodgeball tournament. And specifically when everyone's on the wall ready to start. And the mm-hmm. camera has a view that's kind of like diagonally looking at all of the players along the wall with their hand on the wall, ready for the the start of the game. And yeah. so, you know, they show one side of the team and then they show the other team and you just do a good job really getting you into the moment. So I, I love the work that they do there. And that's, that's, awesome. that's my ultimate yeah, winner. Both really good. That's your winner. Nice. Um, so I didn't have any of those. I had three nominations that I'll say, although I do think those are all really good. My first one is when uh, both teams, I guess specifically Average Joe's and White, when they walk onto the court for the final match, it shows each player in slow motion to the song Face Off by uh, Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine. So it's like the hardcore aggressive music, and it shows each player in their own walking in slow-mo. I thought that was really cool. Um when Kate jumps in front of Peter to protect him, obviously she just dives and it's a slow-mo. No! 
That's pretty good, too. We're sweating like but, grease monkeys out here. <laughs> <laughs> you can't expect me to hold on to a ball. Uh, but finally, my winner is the sudden death showdown when Peter knocks out White because White chucks the ball. Peter pulls a Neo from the Matrix where he bends back. Ball slides above his face. He bends down, picks up the ball, chucks it, and it smacks White right in the face. And in slow-mo, he is just shot backwards. Uh, Really well done there. That's my winner. The whole directing in that scene is really good. The overlay of that with Cotton McKnight's commentary. Down goes Goodman. Down goes Goodman. It really makes you feel special in such a stupid, dumb movie. I love it. Yeah. And then the ref goes, winner, average Jones. (laughs) And then the confetti comes out. Yeah. I love it. That's, That's a good one. So. Brett, we'll, we'll switch gears a little bit here. We'll do one more before heading into a break, but we've got a new category here called movie farts. And so what this is, is basically any kind of odd things that happen in the movie or things that you think might be, you know, plot holes or they don't quite make sense to you. What do you have here for a dodgeball? So I, th- I thought long and hard about this, and I actually only found one. There was only one thing here that, that bugged me where I was just like, come on, th- that's not right. So in their first game in the tournament, Average Joes, they play the German national dodgeball team, and they kick their ass. How? Yeah, they're supposed to be the aren't ger- they defending like, champs, right? They're not only the German national team, but they are the defending European, European champs. European champs, yes. So how the hell are is this group of misfits supposed like who and they're playing their second game of dodgeball ever, and they've been training for a couple weeks? How the hell are they gonna rock the best team in Europe, who have probably been playing together for years and years and years, probably on the level of the Soviet hockey team in 1980? Yeah. Like that just I don't know. If that game happens a hundred out of a hundred a hundred times, the German team wins a hundred times. Hey, there are Cinderella's, man. I mean, Virginia I, lost as a one seed in the tournament to UMBC or whatever. You know, I mean it's it it happens. I I get it, but I I just think their opponent in the first round could have maybe been a weaker team. But I get it for the sake of the storytelling and that they took down a giant early on, so you know, don't mess with average Joes. I got it, but that just didn't line up. Maybe don't announce that they were the defending European champs. But again, it's it's you know. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm with you. I, I did. I will admit, I did think something similar when I saw that. You brought up the the Soviet, by the way. Interesting note here that uh, the patches character and performance was a little bit mirrored. I saw in my research a little bit mirrored after Herb Brooks. Um, really, miracle. And so I won't say the quote because it's not appropriate, but Herb Brooks said a quote, something like, you look like a bunch of monkeys trying to hump a football. Mm-hmm. And so that quote was kind of twisted into Patches O'Houlihan saying his own version of it. But yeah, loosely yeah. based off uh, Herb Brooks against the Soviet team. So pretty interesting. Wow. Yeah. I, yeah. I didn't, I didn't put that together. I don't remember that Herb Brooks, Herb Brooks quote, but that's, yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah, I think it was like a minor one, but still, yeah, really, really random. Um, I so I had a few things actually that, yeah, I, w- I oh, wouldn't baby. say really bugged me, but things I noticed where I'm like, huh, what? Um, sure. So the first one is just <laughs> general 
and it's just pretty funny is that they're working out to get in shape there's that whole montage they all work at a gym <laughs> i mean they should already be in shape and they're running sprints what what <laughs> it's just it's part I of mean, the movie we don't, we don't, <laughs> do they all work at the gym I don't know if they all work at the gym, but it, yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's it's still I found that funny. They at Makes least sense. go there enough to where they're friends with the owner of the gym. But hey, you you'd be surprised. A lot of people go to the gym to socialize instead of exercise. Yeah, that's so. a good point. Um, the next one I had here is how the hell did White Goodman get into Peter's hotel room? Oh, that's a great one. And, then, and Michelle. And then Kate walks in after he checked out. She's able to just open the door and see that he checked out. They just, like, walk in there. Yeah, that the, the security at that hotel is garbage. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> that's a I, – wow, I didn't even think about that. That's – yeah, like, imagine being Peter walking in, and he acts so casual about it when they're there. It's like – Yeah. Someone's like, breaking into my hotel room. Get the hell out of room. my hotel room. <laughs> Yeah. The hell out of my locker room. Yeah. I So I have two others here. The next one is Globo Gym is apparently a publicly traded company, but it's also only worth $4 million, according to White Goodman. This this doesn't really make any sense. I think like to be on the New York Stock Exchange, you have to be worth $40 million at least. Like This is the smallest public company ever. So it's kind of a minor detail, but it doesn't really make any sense. Um yeah, that's interesting. And then the last one is about Justin. So apparently he knows the entire cheer routine. Yeah. But, okay, but yes, at the same I, time, yes. he didn't I even the know thought. that they were going to be in Vegas for the championship. He was like, he knows the entire routine. And then he's like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. You're I forgot you're you're going to be in Vegas to Amber. I'm like, well, how do you not know? If you follow the cheer team that much, you know the entire routine, but you didn't even know you'd be in the same place at the same time. I So I had a similar thought. How does he know the whole routine and he does it perfectly, but he never made the team? Never. Like he's not on the team. How would – like obviously I'm sure, you know, for the audition or for the, or for the tryouts in the beginning, like he – I'm sure he studied the team and stuff, but you don't know every routine unless you're on the team. Yeah, was he like sneaking in on the practices, and he's got a secret camera to to see what's going on there? Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. That didn't really line up either. It was funny. That's though. a I really mean, good that, one. that whole development though is fantastic, and he kills it. <laughs> he no, he's awesome, it. and and then I love, and then I love when he's like, "Sorry, Amber, got my own trophy to win." <laughs> it's a great quote. I got the one liner in the but yeah, that's great. I love it, um, Adam. We're gonna take a quick break before we get back into the next segment. This episode of Butterless Popcorn is brought to you by Todlich Funkeld, Germany's premier sparkling water brand. Sick and tired of traditional sparkling water flavors like lime, lemon, berry, or tangerine? And at the same time, have you always wanted to travel to Germany and eat their most beloved dishes? With Todlich Funkeld, you get the best of both worlds. Order now and you'll receive a three 30-packs of Todlich Funkeld's famous bratwurst, schnitzel, and Konigsberger Klubse flavored sparkling waters. You can order online at tfunkeld.com and use the promo code BUTTERLESS, that's B-U-T-T-E-R-LESS, the name of this podcast, for a discount. Order now for your trip to Germany through a can of sparkling water with Todlink Funkeld. Welcome back to Butterless Popcorn. We're talking about Dodgeball, a true underdog story. 
We'll get into a little bit of casting calls and some trivia. We'll start out with one character in particular, Brett. Who do you think is the biggest asshole in this movie? It's pretty it's pretty clear cut, White Goodman. In as I said earlier, in today's world, he would be sued for sexual harassment immediately. He he creeps on Kate in every scene, and he's also just plain mean to everyone around him and especially the folks at average joe's constantly putting people down people working out in the gym that he owns he is mean to them in the opening scene he's walking around criticizing people for the way they look um he has his staff add weight to the scale in the in the women's locker room to deceive them to keep coming back to the gym uh the guy is a is a straight up dick i i will say however i have a another nominee even though I'm choosing white, Patches Ohulaan is a fucking asshole. <laughs> From the second we meet him, I, I mean, every scene he's in, really, he's just insulting his his players. Um, he's and you know he throws wrenches at them. He's calling them names. There's that scene where he punches Gordon in the nuts. He's constantly putting them down about how bad they actually are. Peter's the only one who he actually comes to like. I feel like. Um, got some hookers in the back. <laughs> got some hookers in my robe. <laughs> yeah, he's a womanizer also. Uh, yeah, so Patches is a nominee, but I think it's pretty crystal clear White Goodman is the big dick in this movie. Your take? I- I'm with you. W-H-I-T-E. You know, he- he's scum. <laughs> he he also yeah. got Kate fired from her job. Oh, God, brutal. He called the oh, bank and lied. <laughs> I told you you were drinking on the job. <laughs> he thinks it's funny and kate's like wait what the fuck dude um yeah complete he's soulless he he also is just piece of shit gets his way into the dodgeball tournament without even qualifying you know because he he's got an in with the chancellor fucking william shatner (laughs) so oh god yeah what did he what did he say i helped the chancellor shit off a few pounds (laughs) (laughs) and then i guess he got a kickback i don't know it's yeah, he's scum from top to bottom, and yeah. it is funny actually at the end how like it's in the post credits scene, and he's talking about American cinema, and how you know good guy always has to win and beat the bad guy, right. and it's I mean absolutely just a little piece of shit White Goodman. So keeping the trends of characters going, Adam, if dodgeball was placed in the eyes of a different protagonist. Instead of Peter LaFleur, who would that character be and what would the plot be? Mine is Steve the Pirate. And oh, nice. I'm, I'm going to read go. here what I have. It's, it's a little bit lengthy, yeah. but, but stay with me. I love it. So Steve the Pirate, a man who struggles to find his, his purpose his entire life. Ever since he was a young boy, Steve had trouble fitting in. He never really had any friends, but there was always one place that brought him joy. The pirate ship at the water park. (laughs) Unfortunately, the water park had to shut down due to sanitary reasons, and Steve never got to go back. He lived the next chunk of his life emulating a pirate, trying to bring back the past. But one day, it was enough. After the owner of his gym scolded him and broke the news to Steve that he wasn't actually a pirate, he sank into a deep state of depression. Eventually, Steve realized his only option was to clean up, cut his hair, and get a job. Steve is miserable, though. 
but he hopes to show Peter that he's changed and hopes to gain his acceptance. But LaFleur actually does the opposite. He shows him all the buried treasure, and now Steel feels enlightened, a big weight lifted off his shoulders. He can finally come out of his pirate closet and be who he wants to be, Steve the Pirate. Gar! <laughs> Preacher! That's really good. That's uh, very his, his character trans- transformation is incredible. <laughs> well, I mean, he basically goes from one end to the other and back. Right. Go back to Treasure Island. Do you know who says that, by the way? Go back to Treasure Island? No. Uh, it's actually Ross and Marshall Thurber. He's the guy. Really? He's the guy in the cab. The guy that, leaning out of the truck. Yeah, that throws <laughs> shit at him and then calls him a, yeah, a mean that's slur. Him. Yeah. Wow. I know. <laughs> that's pretty good. Uh, no, that that was a great that was a great little synopsis there. I'd watch that movie. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. It's it'll be called like a pirate's life or something. But a pirate's life. <laughs> yeah. So so my character who I'm shifting the perspective to is Patches O'Houlihan. He. We see earlier in the movie in that videotape, he was a seven-time ADAA All-Star. I'm assuming in the late 50s and early 60s. But everything changed when he got drafted in the Army and flew over to fight in Vietnam, where he was wounded and lost the use of his legs. He returned home, and like many of the of the Vietnam veterans... <laughs> what is he, Lieutenant Dan? <laughs> What the fuck? Like many of the Vietnam veterans was spat on here by by US citizen in our home turf. And as the years passed, the older he got, the more alone he felt and the more he drank. He even started drinking his own urine because why the hell not? <laughs> One night at a local pub, he sees a tiff happening between the folks from Average Joe's and Global Gym and decides that this is his chance for redemption. His chance to help a group of people, to help whip those losers from Average Joe's into dodgeball pros. That's it. I love it. He got me there with Lieutenant Dan. What a story. I thought you were going to say he's got a friend named Forrest. (laughs) (laughs) No, not quite. Uh, I could see it, though. I mean, that's that's a reasonable character trajectory. For patches O'Houlihan. he's a hard ass and uh that's that's he's how he such got a there. hard ass <laughs> i mean he's got like that the jacket he wears kind of looks like an army jacket almost or it's like a veteran like a jacket it's that, like a like, bomber you see veterans yeah. Wear sometimes. <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah oh, i like so, it so that that's that that's patches baby i don't know what it would be called maybe the um yeah i don't know from from all-star to yeah, I don't know. It has no name. Yeah, we'll just keep it know. nameless for the <laughs> <laughs> for the sake of this. Okay, um, I love I love both of those honestly, but let's switch gears a little bit here. So, Brett, which actor or actress would you like to see replace one of the stars in this movie? This came to me immediately, and I think you will be obsessed with my answer. I just hope you don't have the same one. Uh, as as amazing as Ben Stiller is as White Goodman, I love him. This is just an experiment I would like to see. Give me Christopher McDonald replacing Ben Stiller as White Goodman. Oh. Give me give me Shooter McGavin as White Goodman. Oh, he's made for man. this role in every movie he's in. He's cocky as hell. 
So just like White Goodman, actually, Shooter McGavin is cocky as hell, but deeply insecure. He's creepy with the ladies. He insults everyone at every possible opportunity. Let's see Shooter McGavin, Christopher McDonald, White Goodman. I want to see it. Let's go. You know what? I hate you right now. And it's I didn't put the same one, but I hate you because when I was going through the characters, I thought there's no one that could possibly play White Goodman. And I you just brought up the one guy I think that could. This is it. Oh. And, and, and honestly, he might even be more believable as an athlete just because he's a bigger guy oh. and just kind of, I don't know, like in, in in Happy Gilmore, he looks like a golfer. Yeah, he does. He does. He's, he's And he's got kind of a, a thicker build for an athlete, so I, I think he could come off in that physical performance as an athlete, but he's such a piece of shit. <laughs> and him and Shooter McGavin and, and White Goodman have a lot of similarities. Let's see it. I want to see I it. I love it. Shooter McGavin's my all-time favorite villain in a sports movie, and it's not even close. Yeah, he's, um, he's, he's one of the best for sure. Also an incredible Twitter account. Oh, it is. He's phenomenal. Amazing. He, he does yeah. have one line in Happy Gilmore that says, this guy spends more time in the sand than David Hasselhoff. So I don't know if... I don't know if Hasselhoff Ooh. would have a problem, uh, you know, sharing the stage with with Christopher McDonald, but that's yeah, that's good. I I love that one. That's it's a good point. I I would be what into did you that. Have? Mine was different. Mine was replacing Justin Long would be Michael Sarah. <laughs> so, ooh, okay, yeah. yeah, you know, a loser uh, yeah. that ends up being awesome and with a hot girl. You know, it's super bad. It's this is the end. It's not a guy you would expect to you know, be the hero or be one of the heroes of the film. And he's, he's the fucking man by the end of it. So I like that. Cause he's, he's shy in the beginning for sure. He's, he's quiet. He's a loser. A little bit, yeah. He he's, he's a little bit of a loser. Yeah. He's kind of dorky, but he, yeah, his character growth is tremendous and it's more about gaining self-confidence to really win and to just do your thing. Right. So I love, I'm, I'm, I love Michael Sarah. I think, I think he's, phenomenal so michael michael sarah's great yeah so again keeping the trend with with characters going adam well actors here would this movie be better or worse with john candy in it i want to say yes so bad it i just i want irv blitzer I want yeah. him as the I want, coach. I, I want our blitzer. I, I couldn't do it, though. I Because... Oh, the, the, no. The, I know. The one reason I couldn't do it in this... I just couldn't get it in my head was... I don't think he'd be that crazy son of a bitch that Patches is. You know? I mean, he's a, he's a hell of a coach. And he can definitely motivate and lead. But i just don't see him as that craziness that you need out of patches and so i that's why i ultimately went no damn i'm guessing you went yes here Uh, oh yeah i went yes i so i have him as two possible roles two possible roles excuse me either as patches where he you know similar as he reprises his role as irv blitzer from cool runnings or he's the ref Ooh. Okay. I think he could be good as the ref. And not because the ref is a little huskier physically. <laughs> Just I, I could see I can see John Candy being really good with the rule book and having the sudden death quote. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I like it. I, I could see that too. But as, as Patches, you're right. He wouldn't be as maniacal as Patches is. He would be different. He would be a little more cool and collective. But 
in a in a way though, Irv Blitzer from Cool Runnings is is pretty nuts. I mean, he cheated. He's not. He well, yeah, he cheated. Uh, I cheated. <laughs> I embarrassed myself, my family, my teammates, and my coach. Chills. Talk about chills. Uh, he wouldn't be as maniacal as Patches. Like he wouldn't be verbally and physically abusing his players. But at the same time, in Cool Runnings, you know, he has those methods where he he blows air horns into their ears early in the morning to get them out of bed. Yeah, and that's he, true. And he, like, really whips them into shape. So I, I could kind of see it. And honestly, I, this, this might sound bad, but um, I can picture John Candy with the long hair and in the wheelchair and with, like, the dirty look like Patches in this movie has. Interesting. I actually watched Vacation last night, too. And John Candy nice. this is some of the inspiration for, for yeah. my selection. He's the, here, but... he's the amusement park worker, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's like, I'll be honest, I, I had an incredible time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, all right, Brett. Let's That's fantastic. <laughs> switch, switch things up a little bit here. Let's cut to some trivia before heading to a break. So why don't you start us off, see what you got. All right. Here's my first one. What year does this movie take place in? Oh, shit. You find out in the beginning of the movie, but it's something you technically have to infer. Um, I'm guessing it's not when the movie was actually made. I don't know, 2002? 1993. Oh, man. When did we find that out? So in the beginning of the movie, when we're getting the introduction to White Goodman and Global Gym, remember it shows the picture of him when he was really heavy as like a teenager. Right. Oh. He goes, he goes, he goes, quote, direct quote, that was me six years ago and 600 pounds ago. And the picture says 1987. Oh, man. That was good. That's a really distinct detail there. I would have never got. That's good. I like that. Yeah. So my first one is a little bit specific as well. Let's see if you can get it. What song is Peter LaFleur going to put on to celebrate Joe's when he's really he's ready to just call it a loss? So before they do the dodgeball, he says, All right, I'm gonna put on blank and we'll, you know, celebrate all the good times at Joe's. It's the thong song. Oh, nice. Well done. Yeah, okay. Baby. My second one is what magazine does Gordon read where he finds the dodgeball tournament in? What's the name of the magazine? Was it Obscure Sports Weekly? Or <gasps> Obscure Sports Monthly? Oh, you're so close. Keep going. Yearly? Keep going. <laughs> keep going. Obscure Sports Daily? No, keep going. Obscure Sports Quarterly? Oh, yeah. It yes! Because it's OSQ. Yes! <laughs> or it's OSQ or whatever. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Obscure Sports Quarterly. There you go. You got it. You got it. <laughs> Oh, that's good. Well done. All right, Brett. What bar do does Joe's go to to celebrate? After they win the regional qualifier? Yes. Where they see Patches at? Oh, God. I have no idea. It's called the Dirty Sanchez. <laughs> oh! Wow! I know. That's amazing. I know. Jesus. I've never even noticed that before. <laughs> Holy shit. That's so funny. That is so funny. Oh, my God. I love that. <laughs> um, all right. My final question here for you, Adam. And this one is – this this one's pretty pretty obscure too. 
um, in the first scene where it's before the first game in Vegas, when it's like the shot of everyone in the locker room and all the other teams in the locker room, there's a, a, a voice on an intercom in the background. And it says players with blank are not allowed on the court. What 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 is it? Dyslexia. What, players... Oh, you got it! I picked that up too. I had never noticed that before. And when Me I was watching either. it the other day, I was like, "Oh, my, this is fucking hilarious!" <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. It makes no it's sense. It's so funny. It makes no sense. It's so great. <laughs> and I think it said before that, like all like players need to get like tested for herpes or something or yeah like it's like syphilis and something yeah 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 oh wow i'm impressed you got that that was really good it reminds yeah. me of airplane the movie when in the over the intercom they're like there's no parking in the white zone and then the the man and woman are fighting back and forth it was it gave me the similar feeling but it's really it's really subtle it's good i like that um yeah that was, that's hilarious i actually have two more for you here oh bring them on first one what cheer position was derek um, which Justin takes over. Oh no! Oh God! Um, um, oh, I know. He was the blank, and without the blank, you can't do the blank. And without the blank, you can't do the blank. Oh <laughs> shit! I have a couple guesses. Okay. The cradle. Nope. No. The, I feel like it starts with a G. Does it start with a G? Nope. Okay. The the center something. Yes, it is the center something. Yeah, it's the center something. Oh, it's going to kill me. Just tell me. I was really pulling for you there. It's the center QP. Oh, no! <laughs> Without the center oh. QP, yeah. <laughs> oh, damn it. God damn it. That was a really good one. Fuck. All right, I got one more. All right, bring it on. What is the rule for sudden death that is quoted? Oh, like the number of the rule? Yes. Oh, shit. <laughs> it's like two, four, something. No? No. I, I don't know. ADAA continuation rule 113D. <laughs> oh, damn it. Damn, Adam, those were... Very good question. Yeah, I really, Fuck. I really brought out the random ones for you, but you know, you did all no, right. You that's, that, that's what that's what we got to do. That's what we got to do. Damn, that was a lot of fun. Well, me. we we tested our knowledge there, and we, I think we did pretty good, pretty well, pretty good, but pretty, 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 pretty good. <laughs> all right, with that, Brett, let's let's hit a quick break here, and then come back for our final segment. This episode of Butterless Popcorn is brought to you by Spife. Too often, we are faced with the difficult challenge of deciding which utensil to bring with us on a picnic or camping trip. Do we bring the fork, the spoon, or even the knife? Throw away conventional thinking and bring the spife. The spife is uniquely designed to offer all of the benefits of a knife and a spoon in one. Need to cut your sandwich in half? Use the sharp edge of the spife, which never needs sharpening. Trying to scoop in a dollop of your mom's favorite stew? Use the curved side. The Spife offers everything you need in one utensil, without the hassle of bringing two items. To get your new Spife, call now and use the promo code BUTTERLESS. That's promo code BUTTERLESS. You'll get half off, plus a free plastic sample of the Nork. Food sold separately. And now, back to the show. Alright, welcome back to Butterless Popcorn. We're kicking off the third and final segment, stretch of questions here. 
plot what ifs. Adam, give me some of yours. I really only have one here, and I really struggled to think of something here because I just love the way that this story goes. But same. What if Kate was never fired from the bank? Like, what happens there? You know, because she had a conflict of interest. So does she quit? Does she still participate in the tournaments? Does she just not do anything? well, that's the thing. She probably can't participate in the tournament. She probably can't take that PTO and travel to Vegas. Right. And and try to help her. So White is her client. Peter's not her client. <laughs> you work so for the bank. Can't... Bank works for me. <laughs> it's technically your boss. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but think about how crazy that is. If she still works for the bank and she goes to Vegas to try to help Joe's win, she is trying to make her client fail. Right. So, honestly, if she if she keeps her job at the bank but continues to go to Vegas, she gets fired. Like, actually, gets fired. Yeah, big time. Or she, I mean, she could quit maybe, and she she could quit. Yeah. But she's like, I don't want to support that douchebag, White Goodman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's be, a really good yeah, take. It would though. be completely different. It would be. I I think she ultimately just wouldn't play. She seems like she's got pretty good integrity. And, uh, I think so too. The Joe's win-win. Fair, yeah. She's arguably the best player. I think by the end, Peter's the best player. But right out of the gate, she is got I mean, cannon. right up there. She's got a cannon. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a good question. How many years of softball did she play? Oh shit! Six, eight. Oh god! Come on! I'm glad that wasn't an official trivia question there. Yeah. Eight no, years I'm, of softball. I'm not counting that against you. I'm not counting that against you. So mine is. What if Patches doesn't die? <laughs> What's his character arc like through the end of the film? I think he has to die. I think he has to die after they win or something. I, I don't know. <clears throat> well, I mean, there's nothing There's nothing left for Patches in this world, especially well, after what if Vietnam. He well, <laughs> well, what if he doesn't die? Um, I guess he just sails off into the sunset with a couple hookers. Got a couple of hookers <laughs> in my room. Yeah, I, that, that's tough. I mean, so, you, you kind of so, need it to happen. So I think here's what I think happens. He obviously goes with them to the final game, and then I think he gives Peter some weird advice before the sudden death match with White. He says something like, uh, you know, I don't know, hit him in the balls, <laughs> something like that. And then when they win and they're all celebrating on the court, he obviously has a few hookers at his side, and he's chugging some booze. He celebrates the hardest of them all. And then um, finally, at the at the very last scene in the closing credits, when they're at the new remodeled Average Joe's gym, he's the instructor of the youth dodgeball classes, <laughs> and he's a total dick to the kids, throwing wrenches at them and telling them they suck. So it ends pretty violently, I'd say. <laughs> I mean, not violently, but it's like, no, like the last shot of the movie would still be like everyone in the gym together, right? But maybe before that, when Peter's like, we offer youth dodgeball classes, blah, 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 it can show oh, Patches okay. working with like a handful of kids being like, if you could dodge a wrench, you could dodge a ball. And he like chucks a wrench at a little kid. I like that. Oh, I think and then it good. goes back to the, and then it goes back to the group and it's like, so come on out. So his arc is, it, it ends up being him as contributing 
to society really for the first yeah. time in forever. Yeah, it become, he becomes a part of the group and he works at the gym and he's and he's teaching young kids how to play dodgeball and bettering his community. All right. I'm in. I like it. Speaking yes. of, you know, changing up the movie a little bit, Brett, if you could redo dodgeball in a different genre, what genre would you choose? <clears throat> I had a lot of fun with this one. So I went with sci-fi slash superhero movie. Okay. So just picture this. Dodgeball, true underdog story, takes place on an unknown planet where although everyone looks human and speaks English, they're all aliens, in fact, and everyone has some sort of superpower, good or bad. And they end up using these powers during their dodgeball games and just sporadically in life going about their their everyday routines. So, for example, White Goodman can read minds. So on the court, he knows what throw is coming next. But then when he's in, trying to hit on Kate, he can sense that she's not into it, which only pushes him to be even creepier. And then another example, Kate has superhuman strength. So her throws are out of this world, but she can also kick White's ass on the spot <laughs> when he's being a creep. But then some of the other superpowers that aren't so beneficial, like Justin, he sweats profusely <laughs> when he's nervous or excited. But it's not just normal sweating. It's to a ridiculous extreme, almost to the point where there are like huge puddles of water forming on the ground around him when he sweats. So when he's on the dodgeball court and he's nervous, everyone on Joe's is slipping and sliding everywhere because Justin's sweat is all over the place. Or when he's talking to Amber, she can clearly see that he's as he looked like he just jumped into a swimming pool. <laughs> not really pool. a superpower. That sounds terrible. <laughs> right, but like sometimes you're super, sometimes they're just born with these powers. Okay. So some you know, it's like that episode of Family Guy when they fall into the the pool of um of what's it called uranium or something okay uranium. <laughs> okay where the, and they all and they all have superpowers and like meg's superpowers that her fingernails grow oh, really yeah. large <laughs> it's like that it's like that where they're just like they have these weird ass powers some of them are amazing some of them are like why the fuck was i bored with sure. this so and but but the powers help them in dodgeball too so i just it was a kind of a cool sci-fi movie and then landscape wise it would look like a foreign planet wow okay you got a little bit of space jam in there you got a little bit of avengers you got a little bit of family guy apparently this is (laughs) this is interesting but the humor the humor remains the same sure uh, Justin sweating his ass off whenever he's nervous is great. He does kind of sweat a lot anyway, so it's like, he does. He's a nervous wreck yeah. throughout the movie. <laughs> so, yeah, I'd go with that. Nice. Okay. What about yours completely different from me, but mine is like a horror comedy, like a dark comedy. Um, so it's kind of like Final Destination, where oh. people die or get hurt in just like the strangest way, and. There's really nothing anyone can do about it. So I have a few examples here. Some random dude gets killed at a bar by like a random dodgeball flying. And he, you know, he's just trying to work the ju- jukebox and then he gets killed. Uh, Derek just falls off a roller coaster, you know, and just falls to his death. Patches is just wheeling his way down and gets smashed by the giant luck of the Irish sign. <laughs> and so... You know, all these things really do happen, but it's just 
it's in the eyes of like a final destination and it um you know it's like all this weird shit keeps happening owen is like freaking the fuck out because he doesn't know why it's all happening and uh meanwhile they're just trying to play a game of dodgeball and so they're they're kind of nervous the whole time that something bad's gonna happen but in the end it all works out for them so there's some sort of evil force right in the universe right do they find out what that evil force is no they never do all right. It's kind of like the uh, Alfred Hitchcock used to say to, to build tension in a movie. Have like, for example, have all your characters sitting at a table and then make it apparent that there's a bomb underneath the table. Right. And it could go off at any moment. And then he said, never have the bomb go off. Yeah. So that's kind of like that. Like you, they, Like there's this evil force around them. But they never actually find out what it is, and the audience never finds out what it is. So that tension is there the whole time. I like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little freaky, but it's funny at the same time. I love it. So moving on to Mount Rushmore, Adam. Does Dodgeball make the Mount Rushmore for anyone involved with the film? God, I have a lot. So me too. Vince Vaughn. I'm going yes. Um, Wedding Crashers is another one. Old School is another one. I think we all know the third that I'm about to choose here, but it's the internship. We do. <laughs> um, but this is like a, a really good lead role for Vince Vaughn. You know, and a lot of these other films, the ones I just mentioned, he's got a sidekick, whether it's Owen Wilson or his whole crew at old school. But this is Vince Vaughn kind of, you know, leading the charge here. And I think he does a really good job. So I love him in this. I got Ben Stiller. I have... Christine Taylor, I have Justin Long, I have Stephen Root, I have Gary Cole, and I do have Ross and Marshall Thurber. So I got yeah. I got a whole laundry list of guys that that uh, that make this list here. I I mean I yeah as do I with basically everyone. Um, Thurber too. The only other movie I've seen of his, uh, We're the Millers, it's which so is actually good. pretty funny. I love that. Yeah, movie. We're, 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 we're the Millers is pretty funny, but it's not better than Dodgeball. Um, Vince Vaughn. So I do have this in Vince Vaughn's Mount Rushmore. I'm sorry I don't have the internship because <sighs> I have you because have I have swingers. Yeah. I have swingers. So it's swingers, old school wedding crashers, and Dodgeball for me. Um, so this is kind of interesting. When we did our Meet the Parents podcast, right. I, I said that White Goodman was not in my Ben Stiller Mount Rushmore. At the time, I had Heavyweights, Happy Gilmore, Meet the Parents, and Along Came Polly. I don't know, man. After watching this again last night and also having recently watched Meet the Parents, I mean, I don't want to be a victim of recency bias here. But I think I'm switching my answer, and I think I'm subbing in White Goodman for Greg Fokker. Oh, you're taking Greg Fokker out. I think I'm taking Greg Fokker out. White Goodman is amazing. I love that you're keeping his role, Ben Stiller's role, as the nursing home attendant (laughs) in Happy Gilmore. You're keeping that in there. That that role is comparable to what Jason Bateman is in Dodgeball. Yes. Yes. Where he's only on screen for a few scenes, but he just blows you away. And he's incredible. Okay. It's like every every word out of his mouth is gold. That's there. Tony Perkis, I've said before, I'll say it again, is my favorite Ben Stiller role. Ruben Pfeffer along Came Polly is just Yeah, it's incredible. He's amazing. It's it's very similar to Greg Fokker, but uh he's even more anxious. Yep. 
I mean, he plays a risk analyst. So <laughs> analyst. I mean, yeah. yeah, but I mean, I don't know. White Goodman, something about him. He's just incredible. So I, I, I laugh more, I think, at, at White Goodman than I do at Greg Fox. All right, I like but it. I, they're both amazing. And then, yeah, Christine Taylor, Dodgeball, Zoolander. Um, she's actually really funny in The Wedding, the wedding Singer, singer too, yeah. with Adam Sandler. Yeah. And I, I guess she was in Tropic Thunder. I don't really remember her in Tropic Thunder. I don't, I don't either. I saw that too. It must have been. I, I haven't seen that movie in a little bit, but I don't, I don't remember. Yeah, I'm not quite sure. Um, Justin Long, Accepted, is amazing. Mm-hmm. Dodgeball, obviously. Have you ever seen the movie Waiting? No, I haven't. With Ryan, with Ryan Reynolds. Ooh, it's really. Funny. I feel like Ryan Reynolds raunchy. gets brought up a lot here in these shows. <laughs> we never actually talk about him. I know. Waiting is really good about a group of people who work together at a restaurant, and it's like all the, sh- the all the shenanigans that go on in the kitchen and stuff. Okay. Um. Yeah, I have that in there. Stephen Root also dodgeball. So, sorry, space. just back to Justin Long. Do, have you seen Drag Me to Hell? It's like Sounds a really familiar. It's kind of like a lower budget movie. It's really good. I I highly recommend it. It's like a dark. It, it's a horror comedy, kind of like what I was describing before. It sounds but... super familiar. Yeah, it it never really made like big waves or whatever, but it's good. I I, I recommend it for Justin Long, and he's just not nice. that into you too. Is another. Oh, another. that's a good movie. I liked it with with Ben Affleck also uh-huh. and Jennifer Aniston. Right? Yeah, he's good in that. Um. So yeah, Stephen Root, we said. I don't. I forget if you just mentioned him. Um, Alec Alan Tudyk, who plays Steve the pirate. Yeah, I didn't mention him. So so. This he this is like I in my opinion dodgeball is his is his peak. I don't know a ton that he's been in except there are a couple roles that I'm about to mention that you are gonna crack your crack your ass up. That didn't even make sense. Laugh your ass off. <laughs> so he's in Knocked Up. He's the TV boss who tells her to tighten it up. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. Yeah, oh that my guy's god. An asshole. At E. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Exclamation, then, mommy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And then. In the most recent season of Curb, pretty sure he's the guy with the Nazi dog. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Holy shit! Wow, that is him. Amazing role. He's in Amazing Curb. performances. Wow, those yeah. are good. Yeah, he, that, this guy's underratedly awesome. He's great. <laughs> and then I also so Chris Williams, who plays what's his name, Dwight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he's really funny in this. I don't think I've really seen any of his movies. He's been in a lot of TV as well, um, but he is so good as the also in Curb, the crazy ass killer. Why can't I remember that? It's season three, the crazy ass killer. Oh, he, they're at, they're at they're at like a, a a barbecue. I don't remember where they're at, but he like writes these very aggressive rap lyrics and reads <laughs> them to Larry. He reads them to Larry. And then he's like, crazy, ah, killer. And he makes the face. <laughs> I didn't and realize Larry's... these guys are in Curb. This is fantastic. I know. Amazing. Really good. Um, Gary Cole. I said yes. Yeah, you got it. I mean, Lumberg is his is his ultimate, but this is really good, too, with him. And then, as finally, just saving it for last, Jason Bateman. I, I feel like most people would say no because he is very popular. But, I mean, you know, I'm not a huge fan of him. Huge fan of his. Horrible Bosses is fine. Teen Wolf Two <laughs> was was really bad, um, but I kind of like it. This is just unreal. So I'm saying yesterday's statement too. 
I think that's so fair. all of them. I said yes. I said yes for everybody. Yeah, I mean, this is such a defining movie for for a lot of these characters, whether they're big actors or small. So, yeah, it, absolutely huge. Brett, final question here. At the end of the day, what what's this movie's legacy? What are people going to talk about when we're when we're talking about dodgeball? Sure. Um, in terms of the the movie itself, I think it's the White Goodman quotes. You know, cram it up a cram hole. Uh, um, We're better than you, and we know it. I'm drawing a blank. We're better than we know it. Uh, Well, I guess also the Patches has some really famous, like, dodge a wrench, you dodge a ball, drink my own pee. So maybe not just the white government quotes, but the quotes, I would say. As we we said in the beginning of this podcast, this is not one of our all-time favorite comedies, yet we quote it. Endlessly. Almost more yeah. like up there with our favorite movies, up there with I Love You, Man. Like we are quoting this movie all the time. So um, I'd say the quotes. And then also, again, as I said, how this movie popularized the sport of dodgeball in the media and in pop culture, how it put the sport on the map, and how it also created a spinoff of ESPN. Yeah. Which, you know, it started off as being fictionalized and it is now a network that airs obscure sports. So I think those. Those three things. How about you? What's what's its legacy? I have three things as well. The first one, the obscure sports on ESPN the Ocho, like you just said. Second one, I just put Chuck Norris. <laughs> the guy became kind of like a god for you know a few years after that movie. Yeah. Fuck a Chuck Norris. <laughs> the thumbs up is iconic. Um, yeah. But really, for me, at the end of the day, the the fact that you can have such a dumb movie, such a dumb concept that. It, you know, there's some kind of playbook that that Ross and Marshall Thurber had that turned this dumb idea into really something that gives genuine suspense and excitement throughout the whole movie. And, you know, it's I think it's a good one to look at for a movie that's dumb, but never really crosses the line of being too dumb where you kind of lose some of the audience, you know, like you would for Dumb and Dumber. Or, you know, we talk right. about Jim Carrey a lot, things like that. So. You know, everyone can stay engaged here, move with the characters and the suspense that's with it. And so, you know, at the end of the day, I think this is something to look at when when you're looking at making a dumb movie actually good. I couldn't agree more. Dodgeball is hilarious. Going to keep watching it for years and years down the line. And uh, it's it's just a perfect film. Uh, maybe not perfect, flawed, but a great film. Aside from a few farts, pretty close to perfect. <laughs> a few farts, pretty close to perfect. Adam, this was great. Excited to do this again. Everybody, thanks for listening to Butterless Popcorn. Make sure to tune in next time.